0: Today is Tuesday, July 10th, 2018, and you're listening to the official Vue News. I'm Adam Jarr with my guest co-host, Richard Dorn. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org.
1: If you're interested in Vue with RxJS, slides from a talk called Making a Vue App Reactive with RxJS are available online. In them, Natalia Tepluhina gives an introduction to RxJS, and shows how to get started with VueRx.
0: If you've been keeping up with the Vue CLI 3, you've heard about the Vue UI. This is a graphical user interface that allows you to create, update, and manage every aspect of your Vue projects. In a new article, Stefan Perica walks through the features of the Vue UI, from how to create a project, how to configure and run tasks on that project, how to add plugins, and more. Sounds like a great overview. It is. You should check it out. And I'll add here that I'm excited to announce that next week I'll be releasing the first lesson in Viewmastery's Mastery's Real World View course. In it, I walk through creating and managing View projects, both from the command line and from the View UI, and give a detailed tour of the project that the View CLI 3 scaffolds for you. Whether
1: waiting for data to be fetched, a component to load, or a file to download, there will inevitably be times where the user will have to wait while they use your app. The way you
0: handle this can lead to users patiently waiting or leaving your site frustrated. Right, I remember learning at Vue US that a customized animated loader can actually increase the time your users will wait on your site.
1: Yeah, and there are different scenarios where waiting can occur. In a new article, Fatih Kadir Hakeem breaks down the different scenarios systematically. Hmm, so he's like categorized the different versions of waiting? Exactly. For example, there's a difference between waiting for a determined time versus an undetermined time. And you might want to block your user from making any actions while waiting instead of allowing them to perform actions in your app.
0: Right, okay, so there's a lot of nuance there. So it makes sense to handle waiting in different ways depending on the scenario. Yep, Fatih explores how to handle the different scenarios and introduces
1: his personal solution, a library called ViewWait, which helps manage multiple loading states on the page without any conflict.
0: If you're collecting data from your user in your app, you're going to need to use a form. But there's a difference between just making a form work versus implementing it in the right way. In a new article, Harshal Patil explores the challenges and best practices for creating forms. What kind of challenges does he look at? So he approaches building a good form by making it accessible, ensuring it's uniform in its appearance, has consistent validations, and is as usable as possible. The article goes into great detail about each of these topics and provides very practical tips. For example, even if you don't need to use a form element to make a form in view, using the form element, along with label elements, makes your form accessible.
1: It's a relatively common feature in an app to have a list of options which you can select by using your keyboard.
0: Yeah, there are third-party components that do that.
1: Yep, but if you make your own, a new tutorial by Thomas Kadowicz shows how to create
0: one from scratch using scope slots. You should check it out. View components make your application's code a lot more reusable. And with the use of slots, you can harness the power of making your components more flexible and dry. In a new Medium post, Liam Rothke gives an introduction to using slots in order to make components less bug-prone, easier to read, and more flexible to use. If you're new to slots, this is a great start to seeing how and when they can be useful for you. Hey Adam, let's play some web dev Jeopardy. Okay, I'm ready. Nuxt. What is a framework for creating universal view applications? Correct, GraphQL. What is a query language for APIs and a runtime for fulfilling those queries with your existing data? You got it. Stripe. What is a payment processing software? Wow, you're really good at this. How about Strappy? Strappy. Uh, What is a dress that women wear during the summer? (laughs) No, it's
1: actually an advanced Node.js API content management framework, but you did really good.
0: So do I win anything?
1: Yep. You get a free tutorial on how to use all those technologies
0: together written by Pierre Berge. Awesome. I'll take it. What do you get when you take a developer with over 15 years of experience and ask them to create a Trello clone in four hours? Hmm, probably a well-planned but not finished Trello clone. Yeah, that's a good guess. And you'll also get the Diary of a Rapid Application Build. The Diary of a Rapid Application Build. It's a public project by Dave Stewart, who was tasked with creating a Trello clone in four hours. During that process, he found that his advanced architectural skills actually got in the way of his productivity when trying to create something fast. So this project, or diary, is intended to investigate and differentiate the processes that work for scale or for speed, and to develop the wisdom to pick the right one at the right time. So you can have a beautiful site
1: that's a joy to use, but if no one can find it online, is it really successful?
0: Yeah, if no one can find it and no one is using it, then it doesn't matter how great of an app it is. Exactly,
1: that's why we use SEO, search engine optimization, um, and it's so important. If you haven't yet optimized your site so it will show up quickly in search engines, a new article by Jackie Tung covers how to get started with that process. He shows how to use Vue Router in history mode, implementing a custom 404 page, pre-rendering your single page application,
0: and more. Vue Test Utils is the official unit testing utility library for View and in a new tutorial, Lachlan Miller walked through how to use it to stub a view component.
1: A stub is basically dummy code that replaces code you don't want
0: to run in a given test. Right. Lachlan provides this example. If you want to test component A, which simply renders its child, component B, then you can stub out the behavior of component B, for example, it could be making an AJAX call when it's created, but we don't need to test that. We only want to test its parent, component A. When using view test utils, you can add a stubs property and set your component to true, which will automatically turn that component into a stub. Or you can specify markup for a component you want to stub, you could make it an empty div, for example. Or you can test with the shallowMount method, which automatically stubs any child components by default.
1: Have you ever started developing or working on a project and wondered if your web app would work
0: for users in other countries? Yeah, so we've covered that on this podcast before. It's called internationalization, the process of planning and implementing products so they can easily be adapted to specific local languages and cultures. Exactly. In a Medium article by Jan
1: Mulian, he goes over an in-depth process of adding internationalization using localization in your Vue.js apps. He uses Localize, an online service that offers true continuous localization as well as Vue i18n, an internationalization plugin for Vue.js to achieve continuous localization. As a bonus, he even shows you how to add an in-context editor to your Vue.js app to modify translations on demand.
0: Join us next week for the latest news and tutorials in the Vue community. Thanks for listening to this week's official VIEW news.